Welcome to the Win Daily Podcast for today. It's Wednesday, June 18th, 2019. Hi, I am Scott Engel. I am the king. I am fantasy. And here with the uh, guy who calls himself a DFS pro. I think he is a DFS pro. And uh, the CEO, our author and founder of Win Daily, Jason Mizrahi. Jason, how you doing? We had a good father today. Yeah, Father's Day was good. I followed it up with my wife's 35th birthday, and uh, everything's doing well, man. I'm excited to be on the podcast. No. You, just, a... you, just, you just messed up. You, you're not supposed to discuss a woman's age, especially on the air. Good call, good call. I gave her a shout-out yesterday, so I figured I'd give her a shout-out today, you know, since we're doing the podcast now, so... Everything's all good on my end. You know, I had some good plays on Tuesday night. Um, hit on pitching, hit on my stack. So, you know, hopefully everybody who listened on Monday's podcast pitched a little bit of Cole Hammer, Cole Hamels, faded Justin Verlander, played some Flaherty, and uh, played the stacks that I mentioned. So we got a big slate. It's broken down kind of into two different slates. Scott being the enthusiastic young guy that he is who wants to bang out all 15 games. So let's get right into it, Scott. Yeah, you know, I got to I have to teach Jason about these things that you got to be a completist if uh you know, you're going to be successful here. Uh Houston's at Cincinnati 12:35 Eastern. Garrett Cole 11,400 on DraftKings against Tyler May May uh Maley. Uh the Astros are still not complete in terms of their lineup, but should be tough for Maley and uh you know, Cole obviously the best pitcher on the uh, early slate. Yeah, he probably is. Verlander ran into some trouble in the first inning, kind of. He cruised afterwards on Tuesday night. You know, on the early slate, I think Cole, if you're playing the early only, he's going to be your top pitcher. He's going to be the most owned pitcher. The pivot off him will be Snell that we'll talk about in the next game. And there's one other pitcher that I think, if you want to avoid the pack that we'll mention, I think it's a, it's a Houston, you know, stack as far as their lineup goes. They kind of disappointed the last couple of days, but they're due to break out. So I like the matchup for the Houston Bats, and I, I like Cole. I just don't know if I can afford the $12,000 because there's somebody else that I think is very, very interesting that we're going to get to soon that I might want to play over him you know, from a value standpoint. So we'll get into it. I'm probably going to try to fade Cole in the early slate. Even though it's a short slate, I'm going to try to you know stay away from the pack and go with another guy that we'll mention soon. But I like these Houston bats as well. The lefties, um, if Reddick gets a start, Brantley had a good game. Um, th- this dude, uh, Alvarez, who's come up, who's been on fire um, this for, for for the Astros, has been you know a bright spot in the lineup with all the injuries that they had. So Alvarez is definitely going to be somebody that I'm going to be targeting, and you know in a hitter's park. So Brantley, Alvarez. Bregman's a little bit cold right now, so I'll see if I can get you know other spots. But a Houston stack is definitely in play. Yeah, I I, I certainly agree with that. You know, especially when you uh, you know, you look at you look at some of these uh these Houston bats. Uh, like you said, the kid the kid has been absolutely terrific so far. So uh, he's somebody. Who's, and yeah, you know, Brantley, you know, had a better uh, had a big double into the gap last night. So uh, maybe he's somebody you consider as well. Yeah, for sure. I'd say Brantley, Alvarez, Reddick is where I'll start the stack. If I have money, if I go cheaper, you know, Bregman's always in play at 4,200 even. Or Gary L has been swinging a little bit hotter bat. So I can go a couple different ways if I need 
savings go with a guy like Tony Kemp or Tyler White. I think Houston's going to be pretty popular um, in the early slate. So I'll, I'll take some shots at them and see if there's other spots that I can maybe attack as well. Yeah, it's uh... – you know, Tony Kemp's always interesting when he's in the lineup. He's a he's a good pure hitter, and I th- I think he's actually kind of underrated. Yeah, for sure. I don't mind the play at all. All right, Tampa Bay's at the Yankees uh, at uh, Jason Mizrahi's New York Yankees. It's uh, Blake Snell uh, against CC Sabathia. Of course, Giancarlo Stanton ba- back uh, popped out his first uh, at bat last night, and then uh, made a great diving catch in the, the right field stands. Uh, not a game to stack Yankees, I would think, though. Although Blake has been, Snell has been erratic. Uh, with Tampa Bay, though, you know maybe you want to get some right-handed bats uh, of note in there against uh, against Sabathia. Yandy Diaz is forty nine hundred on DraftKings. Avasail Garcia is forty four hundred. Uh, Tommy Pham forty seven hundred, and uh, Pham's been hitting real well lately. Yeah, my first question is: um, Were you watching the Yankee game over watching the ground pitch and the Mets put up a, a bunch of runs? How do you know all these things about these Yankees? Have you been converted? No, I pay attention to the whole league. You know, that's how I became the king. Okay. Okay. You know, I just, I, yeah, just, I, I just I'm don't gonna... watch the Mets. You know, I'm not like you. It's, you know, it's uh, I, I am a, I am a Met fan, but uh, you know, I think it's interesting that the last time I saw you, you showed up at a party wearing a jersey of a player who I don't think you ever saw play. No, that's definitely not the case. I've actually met the guy too. You know, I've Harold actually, Strawberry. Yeah, I seen him in a in an airport in Florida, and I went up to him, shook his hand, took a picture with him. I've been I've been across him a couple of times, but. You know, I'm a Met fan at heart. I'll never, uh, I'll never, you know, change teams or anything like that. Scott just likes riding me and calling me a Yankee fan because I said the Mets are pretty much done this year. Uh, management hasn't got things right. He says it's an early year. The way the Braves and even the Phillies are playing, I don't know. It's an uphill battle. This pitching's kind of out of whack. If they make a move, maybe, but I don't, I don't see this bullpen. Uh, maybe the move they made might help them. They put familiar uh, on the DL, so that might actually help them a little bit. But going back to DFS, I, yeah, I this, this, is not, this is not the Metsmerized broadcast. So bring it back on track. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay yeah. bats right side uh, is where to attack. I'm not really too worried about CC. So Fam Garcia definitely in play. Brandon Lowe's been lights out. Um, Meadows been good. CeCe's not overpowering, so he's not that lefty that's going to come through and throw 95 that I really got to worry about with these lefty-lefty splits. So I don't mind being a little bit different, you know, and, and grabbing these Tampa bats, hoping that people avoid people like Meadows and Lowe and get them under own a little bit. So I think it's a way to be different in this early, early games. But I'm avoiding the Yankee bats, even though they've been swinging some hot bats. And Snell's too good. I don't really want to attack him. So... Let's move on to the next game. I think that's a, well, I, do wanna, I, I do. I do want to though uh, put some stats out here though. Yandy Diaz is hitting three forty eight with five home runs and thirteen RBIs against lefties. Kevin Kiermaier hitting three forty against lefties, and we mentioned Tommy Pham uh, hitting three fourteen uh, against lefties as well. So and Brandon Lau hitting two ninety six against lefties. 
I I don't understand what you said there. You know, Brandon Lau doesn't pitch. You said he's been lights out. Only pitchers can be lights out. Hitters can't be lights out. Uh, let's move on to Philadelphia and Washington. We got Zach Eflin, uh, who I always like. He gets Harry Fetty, who's maybe pitched a little bit better than people who have who have given him uh, credit for. Uh, you know, Elf. Eflin, is he somebody you consider maybe on the early slate at 9,100? I don't know. Like, it says Eflin is pitching. Um, they've had back-to-back rainouts. I yeah. don't really I don't really know. It says Eflin starting. If Eflin's starting, I'm probably going to stay away from this game. We don't really know who's starting from Washington. Max Scherzer broke his nose today trying to bunt in batting practice. They've oh, missed yes, just- yesterday, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they missed two starts with Corbin, um, Fetty. We don't really know who's going to be pitching here. So if it's Eflin, I'm probably going to stay away from Washington. If it's um, if it's Fetty, maybe I'll attack with some Philly bats. It's it's tough to tell so early, you know, early in the morning to to really see what's going to go on with this game. So for right now, I can't really tell you much other than if Eflin pitches, I'm going to stay away from Washington. If somebody else is pitching for Philly, I might attack with some Washington bats. They've been swinging, swinging hotter bats since Turner and Rendon's been back. Now the lineup's a little bit more complete, a little deeper. Um, and then from a Washington standpoint, if it's a lefty, then you know you stack up the righties. If it's you know if it's a righty, you can probably grab you know Harper starting to come around a little bit. So this might be a spot to grab them, but we really need to see the matchup here, and we won't really know until we get closer um, to to Wednesday morning to really figure things out here. So I'm I'm not I'm not really sure based on not knowing too much about the pitchers here. Well, while I check up on that though, it's just uh, you know I would have to I would have to say you know the weather's been playing a lot of havoc, and that's why you have to check out the weather blog, blog with our Mark Paquette. Every day, my Mark was was talking about an interesting tactic, uh, you know, uh, when he was talking about stacks uh, yesterday on Win Daily about how uh, when you look for games with delays, they could actually score. Uh, teams could score a considerable amount of runs because you're getting into the bullpen early, etc. Do you agree with that kind of strategy? Yeah, it's it's not something. It, it's tough enough to figure out what's going to go on. You know, obviously, you're trying to avoid the spots from a, a pitcher's standpoint. You don't want to get a guy stuck in the delay. That's what I really focus more than anything on is, you know, avoiding those games where, you know, I think I'm going to have a starter who's not going to be able to pitch throughout the game. But from a hitting standpoint, if you can peg it right and maybe, you know, you, you figure out that this delay is going to happen, it's going to be a long delay, an hour and a half delay, early enough in the game where they might only last two innings and then the pitcher's going to come out. Yeah, if you're smart enough to figure all that out, I can see that. But it's tough to peg, man, because sometimes they might just delay the start knowing that. So it's really tough to predict something like that, I feel like. Okay, I have an update for you, Phil, because that's what I do, and that's how, how I am. Uh, we're going to have a doubleheader today. Uh, the first game is Arietta Corbin. The second game is Eflin Fetty. Arietta Corbin is a stay-away spot from both sides, so... Um, I'm just going to stay away from the game then because I stayed away from the game the last two days. I wasn't playing Washington Philly. I didn't get stuck in it because I wasn't worried about the weather. I wasn't really targeting the weather, but just from the game perspective, not pitchers I want to pitch and not hitters I want to attack these pitchers with. So it's a stay away spot for me, even in early slate. I think the bats you want to get come in the next game and they come in that Houston game. So I'd like to attack 
um, with Oakland bats and Houston bats going into, you know, this Wednesday early slate. So that's what I'm going to do. And the guy that I was referring to earlier, yeah, you do have Garrett Cole at 12,000. But this guy, Chris Bassett, is 6,900. He's in a better matchup. I think he gets you 35, 40 points. Even Cole outduels him for value-wise for 6,900. He's the best value on the slate. He might be on the, the best value on the entire day at this price. Yeah, if you play a full, a full schedule. But we'll get, we'll get to that game in just a second. But just real quick, I, I wanted to say about uh, the Phillies. Patrick Corbin's been so up and down. I would consider using uh, using a Philadelphia bat or two, uh, especially in a tournament. Uh, Scott Kingery's hitting 343 against lefties. And uh, JT Romito's hitting three. 18 with four home runs and 13 RBIs against lefties. Gene Segura hitting 296 with 19 runs scored against lefties. So there are three Philly bats there because you just don't know what you're going to get out of Corbin lately. He's been very up and down. But let's move on to the game that uh, Jason was talking about. Uh, Baltimore at Oakland. We got Josh Rogers, who we really don't know a lot about, against Chris Bassett. Yeah, I think you, you attacked Bassett here. He's going to be on some weird slates, but the slates that he's on, you know, Fandle almost like a, it's almost like a mistake in pricing to some extent. At 6,900, Baltimore going into a, a pitcher's park. I'm going to attack Bassett and, and pitch him in as many games as possible if I'm playing a slate that, you know, has this middle game. So on Fandle at 6,900, he makes a lot of sense. Now, like you said, you don't know much about Rodgers. I don't know much about Rodgers. I know Oakland can swing the bat from the right-hand side. So guys like Chris Davis, Chapman, Semyon, uh, Profar, Lariano, they're all in play here. Baltimore's bullpen is one of the worst in the league. So I want to attack um, as many righty Oakland bats. I don't mind grabbing guys like Olsen, too, because I don't expect this guy to be in the game too long. So this is a game that I can attack from a lot of different angles. And Josh Fragley. Yeah, Bassett's even cheap on DraftKings as well. He's 8000 So I'd rather take a chance on a guy that's probably going to get the win, going against a, a weaker lineup, than even a guy like Blake Snell. Blake Snell's facing his Yankees in a hitter's park, and he's 9500 on on DraftKings. So I think Bassett makes a great play as an SB2 with Garrett Cole on DraftKings in the early slate. And on FanDuel, I think he can play Bassett by himself. And just stack up these bats and try to be a little bit different because, you know, most people just gravitate to Cole. They go, oh, Cole's the best pitcher, blah, 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 and not really look into him. I think Bassett makes a lot of sense um, in the all-day slates or even in, you know, certain slates we can get the two gamers and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Josh Rogers was recalled earlier this week from AAA uh, Norfolk. Uh, you know, was hit hard in his one appearance this season. And uh, AAA – uh, had an 851 ERA. So somebody can certainly attack Chad Pinder if you want a salary saver in that game, is only 3,400 on DraftKings. Uh, Milwaukee and San Diego, Zach Davies hasn't been. Uh, the, 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 the advanced numbers like the FIP, FIP and the XFIP uh, indicate that uh, some aggression is coming, but maybe not in this game. But he doesn't get a high strikeout rate. So maybe somebody you don't want to pitch. Uh, Matt Stram, maybe somebody to attack uh, with Milwaukee bats here. But the problem with trying to run, run a Milwaukee stack is how much money you got to pay for the. Yeah, I don't, I don't, nothing really does it for me in this game. Um, not, not really. I, I like the pitches that I mentioned prior. Davies, yeah, 
you know, I'd rather get Bassett, who's cheaper than him. And I really don't want to attack Strom, you know, versus Milwaukee lineup that can kind of break out. It's a it's a pitcher's park, but not something that I'm going to be doing. He's been up and down, bad in his last couple starts, so I'm going to stay away. It's This game's not in a lot of slates, so I don't want to spend too much time dissecting it. But, you know, if you made me pick somebody in this game, I would grab some, you know, righty bats like a Braun, a Kane, an Aguiar if you're playing this, like, this long day slate. So, no pitchers here, maybe some Milwaukee bats, but like I like you hear in my voice, I'm not too interested to talk about this game because it's not really on too many slates. Um, so, we can we can move on to the next one, brother. Yeah, the one thing I will say, though, is if you do want to avoid this game, here's one stat for you. No Brewers hitting over 300 against lefties. Uh, Kansas City and Seattle looks like it's only going to be on the full day slate, I believe. You got Brad Keller against Marco Gonzalez. You can't attack... Marco Gonzalez with some of those righty bats like Whit Merrifield, Alberto Mondesi, uh, maybe even Jorge Soler. Yeah, again, a game that's not really on any of the slates, so not going to talk too much about it. If you made me pick a pitcher, I would say Keller's better than Gonzalez. And like you said, Merrifield, the righties that you want to attack Gonzalez with, it's a pitcher's park. So not really guys I want to attack in, in any case uh, from a hitting perspective. And Keller... You know, if you made me pick one pitcher in this game, I would take Keller over Gonzalez. But let's get on to this made slate. Let's get on to the, the nuts and bolts of why everybody's here. Because um, I think a lot of people are going to be focused on this late slate. It's a good slate. A lot of different options to, to play games. So let's jump into this late slate. How do you feel no, about no, that, no, Scott? Are we ready no, to go? Let's talk more about the date slate. Why don't we go through it entirely again? Let's just talk about the Seattle game for another 20 minutes. We can do that if you want. Okay, sure. That's good. All right, uh, Philadelphia and Washington in the second game. Uh, it's Elflin against uh, Fetty, as we were talking about. This you know, game, they- Scott, Scott, let me cut you off. Sorry, one last time. Sorry, listeners. I don't think this game's going to be part. It's not part of the FanDuel slate, and I don't think it's part of the DraftKings slate. Let me just double-check right now. Uh, but, again, not part of the FanDuel slate, and I don't think it's part of the DraftKings slate either. So, I think we can go ahead and, and save the listeners who are trying to make money right now who don't have time. Let's just skip okay, this Okay, let's go to Detroit and Pittsburgh. Uh, right. That was high scoring yesterday. Matthew Boyd, uh, 10,000, certainly going to be worth it against the Pirates. Trevor Williams is coming back from the DL. I don't think you get much length from him. He's, he's risky, uh, but I would not want to use bats against him, especially from the Detroit side. So really, this game is all about Matthew Boyd, Jason. Yeah, Boyd, you know, he's been good. Uh, I'm not going to discredit him. He's definitely been good. He's a guy that you can definitely, you know, look to to target here. At 10-1, Pittsburgh's been sneaky good. I don't know who's favored in this game. It looks like Pittsburgh is actually going to be favored in this game slightly. So Vegas is saying that Boyd is not going to get the victory here. He's 10-1. He's rather pricey. You know, for the slate, I do see pitchers that are a little bit cheaper than him that make a little bit more sense to me. So it's a tough choice. Pitching is not so strong. So if you want to kind of get somebody who's been more consistent that has the upside, I don't mind Boyd. Um, Trevor Williams. Strikeouts are going to be there, you figure. Um, You know, he he's... 
And I'm also seeing mixed reports here. I'm seeing some reports here that Zimmerman is coming off the DL for a start here on Wednesday. You know, right. FanDuel has him as a starter here over Boyd. I'm seeing a couple mixed signals here. If it is Zimmerman, uh, since we're doing it so early on Wednesday morning, if it is Zimmerman here, I wouldn't mind. You know, guys like Josh Bell and a couple of these hitters. If it's Boyd, I can downgrade. Colin Moran for sure, you know, the way that he's been hit. Yeah, Colin Moran, Bell, Polanco. Even, even, even Newman, you know, Newman's been, been, been uh, swinging a pretty good bat too. Yeah, you got to see what lineup they roll out because Dickerson's back. Polanco is, is back. You got Marte here. If if it's Zimmerman, I'm going to try to find a couple lower-owned players out of this game that can potentially go off. If it's Boyd, you have to consider him here. Um, I think that's why Williams is coming in as a favorite here because, you know, it's most likely Boyd on the back side of things. I don't feel so safe pitching Williams coming off an injury. He hasn't pitched since May 16th. You don't really know what he's going to get if he's going to be on any kind of pitch count. So, yeah, you're right. Like a- you're right. It is going to be Zimmerman. Uh, he's been on the DL since uh, April 26th. Two rehab outings, allowing three homers and six runs over seven and third innings. So, if the minor leaguers can hit some homers against him, you know, maybe you got to get Josh Bell in there. Yeah, Bell's going to be slightly expensive, but dude's been raking, man. He's he's definitely a bona fide All Star this year. Breakout season. Um, he's definitely in play, 4,300 on Fandle. I don't think there's any expensive pitchers that you really want to go after and get. So you're going to be able to pick and choose some power bats. And listen, Bell, he's been under own pretty much every day, every every game out there because he's got no-name notoriety. So you can probably get him at under, I would say, 10 15%, and he's going to be in play. He's definitely going to be one of the top you know, high-priced options on the slate. Pittsburgh, I don't really like stacking them too much because it's it's a it's a pitcher's park here, but they're definitely going to be in play due to the pitching options. Yeah, you look at Brian Reynolds; he's hitting 362 with a 421 OBP and a 507 slugging percentage and a 928 OPS at home. You know that that's a bat I definitely want to get in there. Melky Cabrera is hitting 338 with a 390 OBP at home, and Colin Moran's up to 310 with with five home runs and 16 RBIs at home. Then you got Starling Marte hitting 284 with six steals at home. So maybe you could run a pirate stack. Yeah, it's gonna be under owned. So we're gonna see how these other games break out. I think there's some games that I want to attack a little bit harder, but I don't mind the stack for a lower owned stack. Okay, uh, let's move on to the Angels and the Blue Jays. Andrew Heaney has been pitching really, really well since he came off the DL. He's just 8,500 at DraftKings. Uh, then you like, you maybe you like a few Angels bats against uh, against Aaron Sanchez for uh, you know, Justin Upton just came off the DL. Uh, you got Tommy Listell is hitting 304 with five home runs, 15 RBIs. On the road, Brian Goodwin's never high-priced, hitting 299 on the road. Obviously, Mike Trout and Shohei Otani is hitting 291 on the road. Of course, you have to spend up in Trout, but Justin Upton's only 4100 on DraftKings. Goodwin is 4000 So, you know, maybe some discounts there. Uh, maybe even if Justin Bohr is in the lineup, maybe get a little pop for 3800 Yeah, I told everybody on Monday, stack the hell out of these angels. I mean, Mike Trout. The, the cover piece on all the articles, all our social media push, everywhere we had it. Um, I told everybody stack the Angels. I told everybody to 
to attack them on Monkey Knife Fight. Um, everywhere on WinDailyDFS.com. Oh, it was, shit. It was angels. Oh, shit. Oh. Oh. You right, Scott? Keep, keep going. Yes. Sorry for the pro- pro- pornography there. Go ahead. Yeah, so I told everybody to, to stay away from these angels on Tuesday, and I was telling everybody stack them on Monday, and I felt like, look, Strowman's been really good this year. Um, Skaggs has been good. And I thought ownership was going to be drawing them because they blew up the night before. And I like to stay away from spots like that, especially if I have a reason to with these these strong pitchers going up. So I went and faded them. They they had some high ownership. And now's the time to hop back on. Not from a Toronto standpoint, but from a LA Angel standpoint, that's where I want to attack uh, Sanchez. This lineup has been bolstered with Otani and Upton back in the lineup. It's actually been a, a stronger lineup as of late. I think you try to lock in Trout, Otani, and then you got some tough choices to make. Do you want Upton? Do you want Calhoun? Do you want Bauer? Um, Goodwin, I, I don't know if he's going to start. If he does start, another interesting piece here. I think you, you can look to a, a four-man stack of the Angels on FanDuel and a five-man stack of these Angels on DraftKings. I think you, you want a big piece of this lineup. Sanchez has been pretty terrible. He hasn't been lasting more than three or four innings in the last couple of games. So you can see a lot of his bullpen. The bullpen's been used the last couple of days, so hopefully you see the bottom half of this bullpen. They get to Sanchez early. These bats blow up like they did on Monday. Toronto's a hitter's park. Um, I think that's enough said. These Angels are definitely in play on Wednesday night. All right. Never enough said with Jason Marahi. Uh, sorry for the reaction there, but I was having some co- uh, computer problems that uh, made me made me made me get scared a little. Uh, this is a family friendly site, though, so I apologize. Uh, New York Mets and Atlanta Braves. Stephen Matz against Max Fried. Jacob Degrom pitching very good uh, last night. Uh, Stephen Matz has been kind of up and down recently. Overall, dating back to last August. Most of his starts have been strong, but you always run into the blow-up one, and it's dangerous against this uh, Atlanta lineup. But Matt could come out and throw a good game, and uh, you know this could be a pitching duel against Max Freed. Uh, I disagree. Um, Atlanta's been too tough. Um, this is not this is not me not being a Met fan. This is a, this is me trying to win money for myself and and the listeners here. I don't want to attack these Atlanta. Bats. I know DeGrom did shut him down, but DeGrom's definitely a different pitcher than Matt's. It's going to most likely be hot in Atlanta. This lineup has been hitting well. I don't want to go after Acuna, Riley, uh, Swanson, Donaldson. I don't want to attack Freeman. There's not many bats in this lineup that are that are weak at this point. Matt's does not have the stuff to blow through his lineup. I don't mind an Atlanta stack. I think it goes kind of neutral. I don't think he's going to go over-owned. I don't think he's going to go under-owned. I think they're in a good spot here. I think these these Mets have been sneaky good at times, too. Alonzo is the real deal. I'm not saying that again as a Mets fan. The guy can just flat-out hit. I love yes. how he plays. The kid's a stud. Hopefully the Mets don't ruin him like they ruin a lot of other people. But I think you can play Alonzo as All a right. one now, now you're sounding like a fan here. The guy <laughs> hit his 24th home run last night. With Matt, though, that's the kind of thing. It's almost like a Mike Leak kind of thing. And he's he's I think he's a better pitcher than Leak, though. I definitely when, is, when, yeah. when you when you start putting bats in there against Steven Matz, that's when he comes out and had a good start. You know, most of his starts dating back to last August 
He's, you know, been at least respectable and strong. So this game is in a void for me. Uh, the White Sox are going against the Cubs as uh, this series continues. Uh, the Cubs have uh, owned, it, owned the season series so far, but it's, it's been close. Uh, we got Giolito against Lester. Giolito against anybody right now. Mib, if he can pitch pitching like this, he's going to win the Cy Young Award. You have to use him against anybody. Eleven thousand three hundred. Then you got John Lester, a guy maybe you want to stack some White Sox backs against. Jose Abreu hitting three sixty eight with two home runs and nine RBIs on the road. Uh, Lurier Garcia hitting three thirty three uh, on the road. James McCann is hitting three 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 hundred on the road. Maybe use him as catcher. Uh, Tim Anderson. 288 with four steals uh, on the road as well. So, you know, there's maybe the makings of a, of a stack there. Braves 4,500, McCann's 4,100. Lurier Garcia, nice play at just 3,900. Tim Anderson, 4,200. Uh, so there, there are some bats right there that are either aptly priced where if you want to go for a White Sox stack against Leicester or, you know, you can just use those cheaper pieces to build around some bigger bats. Uh, I guess the, the theme of the, the night is me opposing everything that Scott Angle says. The day. The day. It's just, we don't like See, each other too much. We're going to agree on what day it is. Yeah, we're not going to agree here. And I think it's good. You know, I, I, I consult for businesses. And sometimes I get in trouble because I tell people they're wrong. And I get into arguments with people. But at the end of the day, I think if businesses are not having these conversations and they're just agreeing with each other, you know, you're going to be complacent, you're going to be mediocre, and, you know, the, the business will grow. So I, I view Scott as, you know, one of my partners in crime here. And I'm going to have to say, Lester's not a guy I want to attack. Um, Chicago, from a, a White Sox perspective, Hamels blew through them uh, on Tuesday night. I think Lester doesn't do the same thing Hamels does, but I think he pitches around some trouble. I think the Giolito is not a lock for the win here. I think he's very expensive on FanDuel at 11-2, coming in as the most expensive pitcher on the slate. I don't know if I want to spend 11-2. Yes, he's a good pitcher. Yes, he's you know, you know, he he's in contention for the Cy Young and the AIL, but I don't like the price and I don't like the matchup versus Rizzo, Schwarber, Hayward. They have some potent bats. Baez and Bryant can hit anybody. It's not a good matchup for him for 11-2 paying that price tag. So when you just mention a name and mention his stats, yes. But you got to look at the matchup and the price tag that you're paying for this guy. So if you told me right now, pay up 11-2 for Giolito or pay 7-5 for Lester. And I see Vegas saying the Cubs are going to win this game and they're favored here. I'd rather take the discount and take Lester versus a weaker lineup than take the better pitcher versus a tougher lineup when Vegas thinks that he's going to lose. So I'm not saying that Lester's going to outscore Giolito, but I'll take the discount for a $4,000 discount. And I'm not saying that Abreu might not have a couple hits, but I'm not going to stack against Lester right now because he's been pitching pretty good. Not great, but good. So sorry for the disagreements, but... Are we, gotta be are, we watching, are we watching the same John Lester? Look at it, look at his last couple of games. What is, what has he done in his last couple of games versus better opponents? So he just went into LA, pitched five innings, had seven Ks. Yes, he gave up six earned runs. Um, he okay, faced okay, end of conversation. Okay, but he's also pitched against the 
Um, the Cardinals, who I, I view better than Chicago, gave up four on runs, six strikeouts. All right, end of conversation. Angels, seven innings versus the Angels, six Ks, one on run. He's pitched against Milwaukee, six innings, six strikeouts, no on runs. So there's some bright spots and some negatives. I'm talking about discounts here, though, so... We'll see how it plays out. Right. I'm not saying so, I'm uh, at the cup. Our, but... our CEO and founder is is recommending a guy who's allowed ten earned runs in his last two starts. All right, all right. We'll see yeah. how it plays out. The same Four founder eight. who said to uh, put all their money on Monkey Night Fight with uh, Bregman, Alvarez, and Brantley to go over six and a half and seven and a half total bases, and this Bregman home run late on Tuesday night makes everybody a winner. So. Hopefully, some people appreciate me, Scott. Me too. I'm, I would never uh, would honestly attack your credibility. I just think you're wrong on Lester. Um, I think he's looked terrible recently. Cleveland's in Texas. We got Logan Forsyth against uh, Adam Palumbo here. Logan Forsyth. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I'm going to use him against Adam Palumbo. Adam Pluko against uh, against against Palumbo here. Uh, yeah, this, this game is is stack all the hitters. Let's make it simple. Stack all the lefties that Texas have. Stack all the righties and pretty much anybody you want against Palumbo. These are these are two pitchers that I want to attack here. Um, it's going to be hot in Texas. Cleveland is starting. I said it in the podcast yesterday when me and Stryker were on. I said it's good to buy low on the right offenses. And I said this is an offense. This is a day that these Cleveland bats wake up. And they did. Um, so, again, I think this is a spot, again, to grab Cleveland and Texans before everybody jumps on top of them, before they have that breakout game. It's a good spot for both lineups. I think you attack um, wherever you see fit. There's a couple of spots that, you know, make a lot of sense for me. Carlos Santana makes sense. Kipnis, you know, really cheap, 2500 Ramirez finally broke out, 3,100. Lindor is playable. He's the only guy you really have to pay up for, um, but there's value out of these Cleveland and you're bats. And you're talking FanDuel pricing, right? Yes, sir. You're talking FanDuel. I talk uh, DraftKings pricing. Go ahead. Yeah, so these Cleveland bats come in cheap. You know, even draft, in, uh, you know, on the Texas side of things, Chu is only 3,700. Mazar is 3,100. Ordor is going to be cheap. He had another home run. You got to catch Ordor and these he, soft matchups versus you know versus righties when it, he's playing at home. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't even mind playing Kipnis with the Ordor together. That makes sense to me. So I want all the bats I can get from the, from this game. All right, this is the big game to stack. Pluko Pluko is coming off of back to back wins. He's won three or four decisions, but he you know his last start was against the Tigers. Palumbo uh, made his major league debut on June eighth. Uh, allowed four runs in four innings, has a 3.19 ERA in 11 games in Double A. So, uh, you know, like you said, uh, you know, game with Carlos Santana hitting 3.04 with uh, 12 RBIs against against lefties. Jordan Luplo uh, hit 2.97 with seven hurt 13, seven home runs and 13 RBIs against lefties. Jose Ramirez, who actually homered last night, uh, 2.77. With uh, with ten with uh, eight RBIs against lefties, Mercado hit two seventy five uh, against lefties. Uh, you like Luplo maybe too? Yeah, he's cheap and he makes a lot of sense. You know, so anybody, I think anybody on both sides here becomes really really interesting. Um, Santana, Luplo, Ramirez, Kipnis, 
even guys like, you know, Mercado, Bowers, I think, you know, one through seven here, one through eight here makes sense. You know, even on the backside of things, I do like Cleveland more than Texas. But Cleveland, you know, I mean, Texas are going to have some cheap bats too. Cabrera, Ordor, Guzman, True. I think they go a little bit light, lightly or owned. So I like both sizes. I like this as a full game stack too. You know, let's check the weather. Let's check Mark out. You know, he has a weather blog on WindDailyDFS.com. And if we see it up in the 90s again, the ball is going to be flying out. That's going to give these bats even more of a bump. All right, then we got Boston and Minnesota, Eduardo Rodriguez uh, against Kyle Gibson. Uh, I want to stack against Rodriguez. I just don't trust him. Uh, I think it's a good tournament stack. He got a great offense here. Uh, Mitch Garver's hitting 378 with nine home runs and 11 runs toward against lefties. CJ Crone hitting 333 with six home runs, 18 RBIs against lefties. Nelson Cruz, 324 uh, against lefties. Marlon Gonzalez, 323 against lefties. Jorge Polanco, 316 against lefties with nine runs scored. You know, so there, there are definitely some Minnesota bats I want here. Crone's 4,200 on DraftKings. Gonzalez, 3,700. Uh, you got Miguel Sano's only 4,200. Jorge Polanco's 4,400. We mentioned Cruz. He's 4,900. You even got Jonathan Scope at 3,700. So uh, I'm liking a twin stack against Rodriguez, who I just don't trust. Yeah, I just – he's not a guy I like to pick on. Um, when he gets shaky, he does get shaky. He starts nibbling. He walks people. But he's still got – he's got an explosive arm. He has talent. I see this game kind of playing out unless, you know, there is a possibility that either of these pitchers gets blown up. Um, yeah. It definitely is one. because Kyle his offense is less likely, though, I would think. You know. Yeah, because his offenses are both sides. You know, they have good offenses. But they're, they're not the worst pitchers on the slate. I, w- I, would, I, I would put Rodriguez ahead of, you know, Gibson. But I would put the I Minnesota – no. offense ahead of the Boston offense right now. So it's kind of a neutral spot on both sides from anywhere you look at it. It's not a team that I really want to stack against or pitches I want to pitch. So it's kind of weird to me. I don't really get a strong read like I got in that Cleveland-Texas game that I want to attack or the Angel game that I want to attack or Pittsburgh I want to attack. So I don't know. I can't get a full read on it. I'm going to stay away from both sides. I kind of see it playing out like kind of look at the last two games. You know, Porcello went in there, shut him down. Uh, Pineda, who yeah, hasn't been that great. Porcello's better than Erod right now. Who? Porcello's better than Erod right now. I agree, but, you know, I thought they're going to get to Porcello a little bit. They didn't even touch the guy. He's been pitching um, really well recently. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to discredit that, but I just think. I think it plays out to a 4-2 game, 3-2 game. And I think it's better – it's going to be a better game to watch than, you know, a DFS game to play where I don't really think either team is going to break out or either pitcher is going to have, like, this 40-50 point game. All right. Well, I'll, I'll compromise and say use a twin stack in a tournament. Uh, tournament Miami- I think at tournament, I think they make a lot of sense, though. I do agree okay. with that. Okay, Miami, and I'm a tournament player, so that's where I'm coming from. Uh, Miami, Miami's in St. Louis. Trevor Richards against Daniel Ponce de Leon. You think you want to attack him, but there's really not a lot of Marlins bats to do it. Uh, Trevor Richards, there's sort of a homecoming for him. Uh, 
Uh, he's from Aviston, Illinois. Uh, it, but the 11 hits in his last time out. Uh, this Cardinals lineup kind of up and down, but showing some life recently. Uh, you know, maybe a bat or two in here. You know, maybe Matt Carpenter. But uh, Trevor Richards has had some good outings here. This is not a game I'm big on because even though I won't want to attack Daniel Ponce de Leon, if, especially if you look last time out, I really just can't use too many Marlin bats. So here's the thing. Um, Stryker actually taught me something the other day. When you hear your voice go down to uh, uh, it's probably a game you want to avoid. Yes. But, you know, on the Ponce de Leon situation here so i played mikolas on monday after he had a bad start in miami he went back and pitched him against them again the following day had a great start um i told everybody i love flaherty he had a a wonderful start and then he let up one two-run home run you know late in the game but he had a great game overall put up points hit value so he ended up being a perfect start ponce de leon if you can tell me he lasts six innings to get the quality start because he hasn't done so yet. I don't know if they're holding him back a little bit, you know, at this point, I don't mind him at 6,500. So if I need to find, you know, a a guy to go down to, I think he comes in as the best value of the day. A question mark. I'm going to have face in Miami. The guy's got no track record. Otherwise, are we overrating the opponent here? Definitely. I'm definitely pitching the opponent. Look, Michaelis came in. Dominated them. Flaherty came in, pretty much dominated, made Those one or two pit, mistakes. Better pitchers in Daily Own. Better pitchers, but if you remember last year, the guy wasn't bad. It's not like this guy is it just comes out of nowhere. What's um, the strikeout up? What's the strikeout upside? Well, looking at looking at his first start, he versed Milwaukee. He threw out five innings, seven Ks. He versed the Mets, um, three strikeouts and four innings. So he got he only let up yeah. one on run in both starts. Um, ERA is down in a small sample size, but you gotta you gotta price and force, you know, on certain slates. And I think at 6,500, he comes in as a better value than anybody else on the slate at 6,500. He's one of the cheapest guys on the slate. Would you rather pitch Max Fried against the Mets right now or Ponce Leon versus the Marlins? You make a good case for De Leon better than I thought. But I just can't yeah, break Fando specific, or yeah. look at the guys in his range. Palumbo versus Cleveland at six thousand. I'm not doing that. You're it's not doing that. Better. You want Zimmerman versus Pittsburgh? No, I don't want You're Zimmerman versus that either. Do you want Pomerantz versus the Dodgers? No, I don't want that. No, so no. if you need the if you need the value, and there's not anybody that's you know supremely at the top. Um, Boyd's not on the slate. You got Granky versus Colorado that we'll talk about. Rich Hill, I never play. I'm not a fan of the dude. So if you're not playing Rich Hill, and I don't like playing Rich Hill, I'm going to have to drop down. And the guys I'm looking at, unfortunately, are Ponce de Leon and Lester, and I'm going to have to roll the dice. And when you get to the days where there's going to be number threes and number fours going, you're going to have to pick the worser of two evils. And in this case, I think I take the discount on a guy like De Leon, or take a shot on a guy like Lester and hope he goes six innings, get the quality start, get the win, lock me up 30 points, and I'm good. All right. We're, I believe you listen to the Win Daily podcast where Jason Mezrahi makes up his own words. Worser. Okay. Uh, the Rockies at the Diamondbacks. Uh, John Gray against Zach Greinke. Before you're thinking about piling on Gray, 
uh, away from Colorado, three and one with a three forty seven ERA. Granky's Granky, and Colorado's on the road here. Interesting game here. Um, Colorado's coming off a, a series where they just tore up the Padres. Blackman was on fire. Um, Granky's been really good this year, outside of one start versus that team called the New York Mets, where he kind of got touched up a little bit. He's been averaging around 35 points a start here. 9,400, I think he might be your best catch, cash game pitcher um, if you want that safe floor um, that you can get with Granky. But like I said, these Colorado bats have been really hot. Arenado went deep. Yeah, Blackman's uh, been on fire, yeah. Yeah, so I think he's your safest cash game play. Like if you made me choose between Granky, Giolito, and Rich Hill – I'll probably go with Granky, hoping that, you know, he gets me a solid 30 points. I like him over Hill because I'm just not a fan of Hill. You know, I don't know if I have a bias against him, but I'm not really a fan of Hill. Hill's got a better matchup than Granky. So it's a tough call between them. I'm probably not going to play too much cash due to the fact that it's not really a good cash game pitcher. And I'm going to suggest that to all the listeners out there. Tomorrow, you know, Wednesday night is not a, a cash day for me. You play your GPPs, roll some dice, you know, maybe get a, a share of Lester, Leon, Granky, and Hill and kind of mix up the pot and, you know, give you know give some love for Scott's boy and Giolito. And if he goes out there and shuts down the Cubs, um, you'll, you can have some potential there. But there's not any clear-cut starters here. So you might have to take a chance, chance on a guy like Granky in, in a not-so-great matchup versus these Rockies. You know, from a great perspective, I'm not going to really play any bats in, in either of these two lineups. I think both pitchers are, are good or good enough to, to hold it down here. And I'm going to vote Granky over Gray as far as a, as a pitcher that I can roster. Giants and the Dodgers, the rivalry resumes with, uh, with the guy that uh, Jason will be ordering a jersey of tomorrow, Drew Pomeranz, against Rich Hill, who at home has 33 strikeouts and 31 innings pitch and a 261 ERA and will probably go off because uh, – because Jason Mizrahi hates him. Uh, obviously, uh, Hill is 10,300 on DraftKings. Obviously, you want to get some bats in there for the Dodgers offense, best in the National League against Drew Pomer- Pomeranz. You got Alex Vertigo hitting 350 against lefties. Uh, obviously, Cody Bellinger uh, doesn't matter the split. He's hitting 348 with 10 home runs, 24 RBIs versus lefties. Max Muncy hitting 309, six home runs, 19 RBIs uh, against lefties. Uh, and Kiki Hernandez has five home runs, 16 RBIs against lefties. So a yeah, Dodger stack, you know, might be in play. Russell Martin, if he's in the lineup, he's only 3,400. Chris Taylor's 3,300. Kiki Hernandez, only 3,200. Max Muncy, 5,100. Uh, Justin Turner, 4,100 on DraftKings. Uh, if Austin Barnes gets in there, he's only 3,100. 3, so there's a lot of makings of the, of the Dodgers stacked there. And uh, Hill should be a popular pitcher. Although I'd be surprised if you get uh, seven innings out of him at all. Scott, is there anybody on this Dodger uh, team that you didn't mention through that rant or no? Uh, let's see. I didn't mention Jock Peterson. Uh, if, if you if you want to play this game, uh, I did mention David Freeze. Uh, so I did. There's there's two right there. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna change my stance on Rich Hill. Um, I think due to the fact there's not really any cash game pitchers here. 
Um, I'm going to change my stance. I'm going to go ahead if I'm playing cash tomorrow. I think you got to, the more I look at it with the other, the other pieces out there, if you're playing cash, Hill's the guy you got to go with. You know, the matchup doesn't get much easier for him. He's going to come in as a heavy favorite versus Pomerantz and these Giants. He's probably going to be a, a full two-point favorite, a two-run favorite here, which you don't see too often in Vegas. So they're basically saying, you know, you're going to have to lay a lot of money on these Dodgers if you want to bet the Dodgers here. Hill's been consistent. You know, Dave Roberts has started with, you know, extending some of these guys. The reason why I hate the Dodgers pitchers outside of Kershaw in the past because Dave Roberts had such a short lease. But he's starting to let these guys go a little bit more. So if you take a look at his last six starts, he's been at minimum 33 points with a high of 58 points. So he's starting to rack up the Ks. He's versus these Giants on June 8th, about 10 days ago. And he's dropped 33 points. So on a slate like Wednesday night, I think 40 points, 35 points might be the best starter of the day because there's not too many frontline number one guys going. So cash games, lock up Rich Hill. I'll say it. I'll change my stance. I'll change my opinion. You lock up Rich Hill in your cash games, and he is a tournament play just due to the fact that, just due to the fact that there's not too many pitchers that are in a good spot or have high ceilings as Rich Hill. And Granky's going against these these Rockies. Uh, Giolito is going against these Cubs. Lester is Lester. I, I think you, you go ahead and grab Hill. I'm not going to have too much exposure in tournaments to him because I still don't think he's you know he's going to have that higher upside game than some bats I do want. But I think if we look at the player pool for pitching, I'm gonna I'm gonna narrow it down for everybody. It's going to be Hill, Lester, Granky, Deleon, and that's where I'm going to end it right there. I'm going to try to keep it tight. Maybe have a share or two of Giolito. Maybe have a share of Trevor Williams if I want to be different. But it's going to be Hill, Lester, DeLeon, and Granke with small shares of Williams and Giolito if I extend my uh, lineup creation past that. Not much of it. And then from a stacking perspective, hop back on the Angels uh, for a full game stack. I like this Cleveland-Texas game. Pittsburgh is going to come under own because their name is Pittsburgh. Um, But I like them versus Zimmerman. And these Dodgers are always in play. So... Cleveland and Texas, stack them up, stack up uh, the Angels, and then Pittsburgh and the Dodgers are also in play here. Those are the the, the teams that I like, the pitchers that I like, and I'm going to stay away from, you know, pretty much the, the rest. But I also, you know, I don't want to forget about sneaky um, Atlanta Braves against the Mat, uh, the Mets and Mats, and maybe a one-off in, in Pete Alonso, who's, you know, been on fire as of late. Yeah, I'll uh... – Solid pitching recommendations, except for Lester. Uh, I'll stack against him with the White Sox and also recommend the Twins in a GPP. Uh, you like what you hear, and make sure you get the uh, Win Daily Premium Gold Package uh, as well. It's being advertised on our site. Uh, you get some great tools, uh, some great betting picks as well, and our live Slack channel where you can uh, go in uh, tomorrow night and uh, tell Jason Mizrahi directly while getting advice from him how wrong he was on John Lester. Um, (laughs) One last word, Scott, about premium. Um, We we put out a a nice little trial package that's not going to last for too much longer. It's a one-week trial, and if you hop in that one-week trial and ask the people who signed up and gave us a shot 
at five ninety nine, which is a, a a cup of Starbucks cappuccino or, or lattes or whatever the hell you order from Starbucks at this point. Um, but for five ninety nine, hop in our Slack channel and see what these guys are saying. I know for a fact I put people on to a couple monkey knife fight plays every single day this week that they've been profitable. I've been giving them one or two solid picks, and they've all been winners at two x or three x. Multiple people who've been in our Slack channel already have made enough money just on a couple monkey knife fight plays that they can be signed up for the site for the next couple of years and be free rolling all the information. That's not to say all the plays I've been telling people and we've been telling people from a DFS perspective, from a sports betting perspective, it's a no brainer at $19.99 a month. You got to sign up. You got to check it out for $5.99. This $5.99 offer is going to end soon because we're giving away so much stuff for free. We're trying to give you a chance to come into the Slack channel. We actually teach you all the methods of our madness, how we think, how we operate, how we attack, you know, ownership, how we attack monkey knife fight, FanDuel, DraftKings, and all the sorts. So if you're listening to this podcast, I do thank you for listening to the podcast and, and appreciating, you know, what we're doing and spending the time and listening to me and Scott rant back and forth. But we honestly and sincerely want to make you money. We want to teach you. We want you to figure out how to win and stop losing because it's tough out there. You know, hopping on FanDuel and DraftKings and being around a bunch of sharks like myself, it's not easy to win. And I know you guys are in that position if you're listening. But the little plays that will give you for monkey knife fighting and sports betting and uh, the, the teachings that will give you, the 1999 is absolutely the best value you can get in the industry right now. So take advantage of it. Tell your friends, come on by, learn from us. And look, if you don't like it after the first month, you invested 19 bucks and you can go on and do your own thing again, but you'll get a lot of knowledge for that 1999. So hit up winddailydfs.com. Check us out. Ask us questions on Twitter. Hit up our contact us page, hop in our Slack channel, see what's going on. We're doing free rolls for members to, you know, a couple nights a week as well. So, you know, one of our users paid for a $19.99 membership, and the first day he hopped in our free roll, and he won 20 bucks, and he earned his membership back for a free month. So there's so many ways that we're giving back to the community if you take advantage of it and you hop on board. All right. Thanks a lot for listening. I'm Scott Engel, the king, for Jason Mezrahi, uh, Mr. Lester. Uh, we will see you tomorrow.